Hello and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 51. I am Shelly Rael, registered dietitian nutritionist, and I am addressing judging food choices today. What I would love to ask everyone to do is to stop judging food choices. One of the areas that I do focus on in my work is nutrition myths. Years ago, I did a podcast interview referring to nutrition myths as the original fake news. Because as long as I've been a credentialed dietitian, as long as I've been in this field, and longer, way before me, nutrition myths persist. These nutrition myths have been around long before I became a dietitian. If you listened to last week's episode on why I do the Real World Nutrition Podcast, I shared a little bit about what was going on when I first became a dietitian back in the late, very late 1990s. And so all this information, misinformation is out there that leads to judging food choices. When I was going to school, I was in undergraduate school, and I was working at in the kitchen at one of my local hospitals, as a lot of us do when we're going to undergraduate school. When I say a lot of us, I mean, dietitians, we do, um, a lot of us do a stint, or at least then we did a stint in the hospital. Some stayed, others moved on. Anyway, in the kitchen with all the individuals, the staff in the kitchen, I received a paper copy of something called the Mayo Clinic Diet. Now, this was a time when this was the infancy of the internet, and it took 20 minutes to dial up and ask Jeeves about this Mayo Clinic Diet. And after I spent all that time doing my, quote, research to find out about this Mayo Clinic Diet, which seemed very, very strange that a prestigious hospital would promote a diet like this. It was highly, highly restrictive. Some of you may have heard of it. I learned that all the information on that one sheet of paper, a diet on a single sheet of paper, was completely untrue. It is not something or was not something the Mayo Clinic recommended for people prior to undergoing surgery or anything like that. I encounter nutrition misinformation every day. And I clear up nutrition untruths. I provide updates and point to facts to my clients and students. And I also must remind people that it is not their role nor mine to shame anyone for their food choices. Shaming people for things is a sport these days, at least it seems like it is including shaming or judging people's food choices. As I said, it's not anyone's business to do that. It's not my business to do that, at least outside of a paid professional setting for me. It isn't anyone's business to tell someone else that they should not drink diet soda. If someone asks me in a professional context, is it okay to drink diet soda? I answer truthfully. But also keep in mind this. 
When somebody asks me in a professional context, they are my client, I know a lot more about them than just observing them drinking a diet soda. I don't randomly tell people my thoughts on that topic, on the topic of food like that. And the reason I say this is that I was talking to someone recently who said, oh yeah, I saw somebody drinking a diet soda and I told her, oh my gosh, you shouldn't do that. That's so bad for you. I was kind of taken aback because again, that's nobody's role. And maybe a parent will tell their kid that, family member will tell somebody, another family member that. But to just randomly say that to a stranger seems so interesting. So I don't tell people they shouldn't drink diet soda. I don't know them. I don't randomly tell people they shouldn't drink any sugar-sweetened beverages. Why? Because I don't know what their rest of their life is or what was going on before that particular moment. I don't know if that's their one soda they have for the week. I don't know what the rest of their diet is just by observing them drinking this soda. I don't know what might have changed from their past. I had a client many years ago who told me that she drank a case and a half of regular 12-ounce sodas every single day. A case and a half. And I won't delineate what the case was defined because it's probably a lot more than what you think. So let's just say it was a lot of regular soda. Then this individual had switched from regular soda to diet soda. Same amount, but they had changed from one to the other. So if I had judged the case and a half of diet soda, well, and without the context that it had previously been regular, that would have been just wrong. I don't know what other word to use there because judging the case and a half of diet soda, which is still a lot of fluid, that's still not the case and a half of regular soda. If we were to judge the regular soda, the one regular soda, one diet soda, do we have any idea what happened or what that person was doing outside of that moment? Most of the time, no. And just on a side note, that individual did eventually cut out soda altogether, their choice, and switch to water. Because I knew some of you were wondering, what the heck? It isn't anyone's business to tell people that they should choose organically grown foods or they will get cancer. Or tell someone you, you shouldn't eat red meat because that causes cancer. First, that's just a dumb thing to say. Two, it isn't true. Having a single piece of meat or even having meat throughout life doesn't mean cancer. Organically grown foods and cancer has nothing to do with each other because organically grown foods do still use pesticides. That's something I've addressed in a prior podcast episode. They still do use pesticides, period. Organically grown foods still do use pesticides. So if people say it doesn't, that's not entirely true at least the commercially grown, organically grown foods 
do use pesticides, just not synthetic pesticides. And just with this whole cancer thing, and I don't take it lightly, but it is something that I just say, this cancer thing, have you ever noticed that when someone gets a cancer diagnosis, people will have a question about why they did that? why they did that, what may have contributed, what in their history, what in their life may have contributed to that cancer diagnosis. What did they do? Oh, so-and-so was diagnosed with lung cancer. Were they a smoker? Does that matter? Does that make us feel better? Someone was diagnosed, so-and-so was diagnosed with breast cancer. Do they have a family history? Does that matter? I mean, we do like to have answers. I acknowledge that. Someone diagnosed with melanoma. Oh my gosh, did they not wear sunscreen? We're, we're putting a judgment there and I know it may not seem like it is. And I admit, I do ask these questions as well. And I do very, uh, doing, I spend a lot of time now trying to make sure I'm not asking that as the first question because there's nothing that can be done from that past history. To me, what is strange is that I never hear anyone say that about alcohol. So yeah, you need to eat organic foods or you'll get cancer. You need to not eat red meat or you'll get cancer. But I don't hear anybody saying, oh, you shouldn't drink alcohol. That causes cancer. When in fact, alcohol is a known carcinogen. We know it can contribute to cancer. It is a directly, it is directly known to contribute to cancer risk. The evidence indicates that the more alcohol a person drinks, particularly the more alcohol a person drinks over time, increases his or her risk of developing an alcohol-associated cancer. But it's funny, I never hear people say to me as I'm drinking a glass of wine or a cocktail, oh my gosh, you're going to get cancer. When one, that doesn't necessarily mean it will happen. It's just a major contributor. People will tell me about their coffee consumption. I ask individuals in, in the professional setting, tell me about your coffee consumption, along with many other questions about their overall diet and lifestyle. And by diet, I mean what they eat. So when they tell me about their coffee consumption, they kind of will say it sometimes like they're ashamed about how much they drink. And really, sometimes when they're ashamed about how much they drink, it's like a half or a quarter what I drink on a daily basis. Coffee is actually well known to reduce the risk of many cancers. So they may judge their own coffee consumption like there's something wrong with it. But then other people will brag about how much green tea they consume. Judging each other's, judging their own food intake, their own food choices. Now, you may not have encountered this. This may seem odd to you. But I get this type of thing all the time from people. Usually, People assume that I am judging their food choices as soon as they hear what I do for a living. They hear what my profession is. They assume I'm judging their food choices. Like if you met a police officer or somebody in law enforcement and you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I speed all the time. They don't really care unless they're on the job. And while I may be on the job all the time, I am not going around judging people's food choices. 
Now, before people even know me, but they do know I'm a dietitian, they judge my food choices. I've had people tell me they're shocked I eat meat. I love a well done, not well done, properly cooked steak. I love a good burger. One of my goals in life is to find the best burger on the planet, and I'm enjoying the process. I don't eat them all the time, but I do eat meat. People are surprised when I say, oh, I love Oreos. I've got to be real careful about eating them because I can overeat them. And people are shocked. A dietitian who eats Oreos? Someone even said to me one time, but you're a dietitian. I'm like, yeah, I know. Live it. I did the I went to school for it. And I still like Oreos. And you can say, oh, gross, Oreos, those things are just so disgusting. That is your opinion. You can judge me for it. But I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not going to judge those food choices. And this isn't to say that you need to eat like me. Absolutely not. We all have our preferences and needs and likes and dislikes. It's okay to eat the things you want preferably as part of an overall healthy diet. So some people say, oh, like, you know, you follow the 80-20 rule. Mm, Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a fan of food rules. I don't measure that 80-20. I eat what I know I should for a healthy lifestyle and enjoy those other things that I taught my son's kindergarten class years ago. I enjoy sometimes foods as well, whether that be Oreos, that be a cupcake, that be something fabulous that I don't eat every single day. And I do want to emphasize that we're often harder on ourselves in judging food choices. For example, I recently saw on social media, someone say, I'm being so good on my diet, and then I find myself eating peanut butter. I'm like, well, one, what's the problem with peanut butter? I don't get why peanut butter is a problem. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a fan of peanut butter. It's one of my top favorite foods. But I don't understand why you feel that peanut butter is a problem. Like, okay, I'm doing good on my diet, but I ate peanut butter. What's the issue there? And shaming ourselves for eating any food is sad, in my opinion. And it's even sadder when we're shaming ourselves for eating a food that is loaded with nutrients. So if you've made it this far, I want to emphasize I'm not making accusations against anyone listening to this, but pointing out that judging other people's food choices or inserting our opinions about food under the guise of facts is normalized in our culture. I encourage you to pay attention to your thoughts and words this week and even longer and see how often you judge your food choices and the food choices of others. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go have a brownie for breakfast. If you want to get some of the nutrition myths and the facts cleared up, I encourage you to reach out to me and Ask me some questions 
and I can address it on a future podcast episode. And I always address it in some way, shape, or form eventually on my blog posts or on future videos or social media posts. So take a look at the show notes and see how you can connect with me in the virtual setting. And I want to enjoy, encourage you to enjoy your food with the idea that we're living in the real world and that's real world nutrition. You take care. Bye for now.